Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Competitive Enablement Show on the Compete Network, powered by Clue, the podcast for product marketers and competitive professionals looking to give their companies a competitive advantage. I'm your host, Adam McQueen, and today is a special episode. It is the first of our interview series at Intellicon. The Clue crew went down to sunny Scottsdale and interviewed in person some of my favorite folks in Compete. So I cannot wait for folks to listen to this. And you've got to catch the episodes on YouTube because there is some, some awesome filming done by none other than Grayson on the content crew. Ben, how does it feel to be the fly on the wall missing out on these interviews? Yeah, I mean, the FOMO is real, Adam. It was definitely pretty lonely up here in uh, rainy Vancouver while you were in Scottsdale. But getting a, I've had a sneak peek at all of the interviews you did, and you and Grace did a great job. Awesome seeing friendly faces to Brad from Movista in this episode, but also Jen Roberts, uh, Lise Knuckles. So uh, it was a lot of FOMO on my end. But you know what? Being able to watch and hear these interviews, I think it's almost as good as being there. Right, Adam? Just tell me I'm right. Yeah, sure. Sure, man. Totally. Yet today's episode, we've got Brad Lawless, recurring guest. Brad actually joined us maybe about a year ago, talking about how he built this compete program from scratch following the maturity model. Fast forward to a year, and now he has an additional hire running compete alongside him. And he's really kicking ass. And so we kind of touched base on how the program's developed. Uh, we talked a lot about the competitive revenue gap, how he's approaching that how he's trying to help close as many neck and neck deals, how competitive his industry has become over the past year. And Brad is a storyteller. So I can't wait for folks to listen to this. And again, check out these episodes on YouTube. I'm so stoked for how they came together. We're going to be putting a bunch of highlight reels, clips, everything from our trip in Scottsdale on Clues YouTube. So check that out. But with that all said, Let's get into today's conversation with Brad Lawless. All right, we are in sunny Scottsdale, day one of Intellicon, hosted by our friends at Skip, and I am joined by a recurring guest now on the podcast. Twice. Two times now. Also part of the Battlecock course. It's none other than Brad Lawless, the direct senior director. Can't leave out the senior. Senior director of product marketing at Movista. Brad Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. Uh, this is your first in Telecom? Yeah, yeah. Um, excited for Meeting other professionals, I think, in the space. Um, being at a smaller company, one where, um, well, to be honest, like I've done competitive for a while, but when we first started, it was just me as a sales engineer. And so we didn't, we didn't get it uh, formalized until, well, you know, like a year and a half ago. And... Um, learn a lot, you know, have learned a lot and networked with uh, other, uh, you know, Clue customers online, but being in person is a lot different. It's so much different. For these conversations, like so, like, I don't know, just being here, talking with you, not behind the screen, makes me happy and I can't wait for when we do customer dinner, everything, everything that comes with being in person, like, I, you can't describe it, but it's just, the different energy. Well, and honestly, like even the panel tomorrow, just um, I'm looking forward to seeing what people ask and, and meeting people in other industries, right? Like it feels like I talk to software people all the time. Um, but I was talking to Claire a while ago and she said there are a few, you know, manufacturers and pharma people here. And I just want to know like, how do you do it differently? So we're going to dive into a lot in this conversation today. 
before we do so, I would love to kick off this episode with you sharing two to three actionable takeaways for our listeners. Well, hopefully we'll hit on all of them. Um, but I would say like what I've learned in the last, again, year, year and a half is, uh, you know, not to limit competitive to, you know, just data points on, on battle cards, specifically with your competitors. We we've expanded almost like we're, we're just now a research group, right? Our primary mission is competitive, but we're looking at, um, what, what our actual competitors are doing. We're looking at the marketplace. We're looking at trends to help inform our product group on, you know, new features that, that our competitors may be looking at or maybe not. And then it all lives sort of in that same place. Um, when you have juicy competitive information, get it out to people the way they want to receive it. You know, so we utilize the Intel Digest a lot. Our Slack channel is uh, pretty hopping, both with us giving information out, um, but also um, you know creating that um, competitive culture within within our organization, within our sales team. So that a lot of times, you know, when they hear something in a meeting, that's exact. They'll drop it in there like five seconds later, and then we're working on getting the battle card. Um, and the biggest thing that, that we're trying to do this year is really just embed competitive in the DNA of the company at all levels. Um, we wanted to have more visibility to our C-suite. That's starting to happen. Um, we're starting to build touch points with our customer success organization. So when renewals are coming up, um, we're trying to, to be proactive on addressing any customer questions or if they're like, hey, but we saw this thing from this person. And we're like, yeah, but. Um, and, you know, really just branching out from that traditional relationship that you might have with a, a sales and marketing team. Well, perfect segue to my next question. Uh, we talked about a year ago and your team of one actually just around about bringing your first, uh, hire dedicated to compete. Shout out Frankie, shout out. Um, so the question really is how has your priorities as a compete team evolved from a year ago today? Well, first of all, I'd say, I mean, I know not everyone has the resources available to do it, but um, getting a dedicated person was was critical to to expanding the program. Um, you can you know you can get by if you're if you're a team of one, however many hours you can de- devote to it is fine, but that's it, really allowed Frankie to to really dive deep, stay up to date when when we see competitors uh, shifting, but then also. Um, that focus is what's allowed us to to sort of land and expand within the company. How are you expanding? Um, we have weekly. So we we just launched a new version of our mobile app. Um, so we had a um, you know launch campaign um, involved with that. So we were bringing in all of our competitive information for how we we're going to position it. Um, we have weekly touch bases with the sales teams. We've taken over uh, win loss interviews, which was. Uh, Honestly, it was something we hadn't done super regularly because salespeople are busy. They have regular jobs. And and it's the reason it's good to have an objective third party because um, sometimes that person that's been talking to the salesperson feels like they've told them everything, right? And you just get a new person in. Um, we're aligned on the product side of the house as opposed to the marketing side of the house. So we have, I mean, we're in meetings all week with our product managers and our designers um, when they have a question about like, hey, how do, you know, how, how does a competitor show this? And we're like, well, here you go. Here's a video or that we found or, you know, whatever. And then again, um, we're starting to work more closely with our CS team. So 
One thing we've talked about a lot with recently with Clue customers and folks in Compete is this concept of like quantifying and closing your competitive revenue gap. How do you help tip those winnable neck and neck deals? How do you as a Compete team help tip those in your business's favor? You know, sometimes you have to get creative. Um, I think, you know, obviously we've talked about that competitive revenue gap a lot. Um, and once you get down selected in an RFP process, um, and it's, you know, you and one other, uh, company, the, there are very clear differences. And then sometimes there are very small things and sometimes it's small things that matter. Um, we recently had a deal where, um, you know, the evaluation cycle was taking a while. Um, and we just happened to discover that one of their main investment groups had all their money at Silicon Valley Bank. Uh, and we didn't. <laughs> so we just, you know, we gave that to the sales team. I wasn't in the meeting, but they were able, you know, they used that information just to, again, soft depositioning on, you know, credibility and, um, and security that, we're going to be around for a while as opposed to someone else. Um, and I think it's really when you get to that point, any little piece of information can be the thing that, that clinches it for you. From your, your kind of experience right now in compete, is there something you've picked up or learned throughout sort of supporting these neck and neck deals that you now kind of apply into your work or your team's work with Frankie? Is there from from all of these, you you mentioned all, before we start recording that you're like, every deal is staying competitive. Like the moment, yeah, I mean honestly, up, we're tagged in. Uh, the way everything feels very recessiony right now, like it is. Everything is. I mean, there's always a competitor there. Um, unfortunately, we don't always know, right? They we, a customer won't tell us. Um, the biggest thing is building that confidence with our sales team, so they bring us in as early as they possibly can, and we've we've started to see that, especially once they hear the name of a competitor, I mean, they'll go look at the boards we have in Clue, um, but they'll usually hit us up uh, pretty quickly to say, have you heard anything new? Um, customers said they really like this feature about that other, about the competitor platform. You know, what do we know about it? What what can we do to kind of move things around? Um, it's really just becoming an, an integrated part of the conversation as much as anything. That's is interesting. Um... We Clue recently just ran a research report with 300 plus revenue leaders, so director level and above. We're about to release the data soon, but one of the things that really stuck out to me as we were looking through the data was 91% are saying that between a year ago to today, deals are getting way more competitive. It's insane. Yeah, we're. It, I mean, we're. Our industry has always been competitive. Um, I would say it's two or three x. And are, are those deals right on the margins? Are those deals that are kind of these, it could be us, it could be them? Some of them, yeah. I mean, and part of it's our industry. So um, we're in uh, we're a software vendor to people who work in the retail industry. So retailers, manufacturers, the labor companies that serve both of them. Um, especially when you talk to a retailer, right? There's, those are long sales cycles. And um, definitely what we've seen in this, just with the economic climate is everyone, deals are just taking longer. Everyone's like, ah, yeah, and our budget got cut by like this. So now what can you do? So it's, you know, really coming in and proving value for whatever 
someone can afford and, and then make sure that, you know, you're still profitable. Uh, it takes a lot of intelligence to do that. Like, I mean, like competitive, right. To make sure that we are stacking up and have those features that someone needs, um, and can show the value of it. So we get the price that we want as well. It's interesting. It's like in these more difficult, tight times, like compete is almost needed more than ever. One, because there's more competition, but there's also a need to prove out value that much more to the buyer. There's more oversight on budget, really. Yeah, because um, customers are, they were always smart, but they're taking the time to really just look at everything, you know, five, six, seven times. And um, I think where a lot of companies may have seen compete as a nice to have now it's it's a it's essential on on this note of these neck and neck deals um another interesting kind of data point that at least i took when we we're going through the um the research was revenue leaders there's 72 percent are confident that their their sellers their reps know their big differentiators and know their competitors differentiators but only 31% were really confident that they can communicate that value, that differentiated value well. There's a stark drop-off between knowing but executing. So from your perspective in Compete, how do you help bridge that gap? How do you enable really to go from knowing to execute? So um, I'm a I'm an English major from way back, right? So I always look at things in terms of audience and know who your audience is. And I think that works the same way internally when you're talking about compete information. Um, we've started evolving our program. So um, again, because the marketplace is super tight, um, we have um, initiated a couple of very specific campaigns uh, targeting you know customers of a couple of competitors. And um, to help facilitate that, um, Frankie, again, shout out Frankie, uh, has started building, um, role-based battle cards. So we've got specific battle cards for our BDRs. So, so it's not just, here's the information. It's here's how you BDR should communicate this information when you're doing a discovery call with a customer of one of these, uh, competitors. And it's not a script, but you know, they're very strong talking points, um, potential depositioning statements should someone bring up a certain feature. And then we're just going to continue to evolve that as the, you know, as we get more feedback on how, how it's working on those calls. What I love about that too, is there's a strategic goal in mind. It's this campaign as well. So it's like, not only are we tailoring this information to you, tailoring how you can use it for against these specific competitors, but it's all part of this campaign where you're focused on this as well. You know, and, uh, we don't have full battle cards for them, for them yet, but I mean, we're writing up points. You know, the things we give the BDRs are going to be slightly different than the things we give the sellers who are in, you know, face-to-face meetings and making sure they ha- they have their their specific talking points as well. Uh, you, you briefly touched on it when we talked about sort of how your compete role, the priorities are sort of changing within your own team and the business. Um, again, referring back to some of the data, revenue leaders are mentioning in 2023, most important revenue stream right now is retention. And you touch on that a little bit. So how are you working with sort of, how are you focusing on the retention initiative from a compete standpoint today? Or, and how are you looking ahead to really kind of achieve that? Working with our customer success team, uh, 
in a greater capacity is one of our strategic goals this year. And it, it is mainly around that, right? Anytime you have someone come up for a contract renewal, um, especially if budgets are tight, they're going to start. I, I would do it. I'd start looking around and going, well, can I, can I get the same functionality or better for a cheaper price or what's going on here? And so we're starting to um, get out ahead of that with our CS team know who's coming up for renewal in the next few months, you know, have they said anything? Are they maybe looking at some customers so that we can, or excuse me, competitors, um, so we can arm those uh, customer success folks with the same information or, or again, slightly tailored to so they can communicate it as well. Um, I'll, we're using some of that information as well. We have a, a, a new version of our um, mobile app that we just launched a month ago. And so we had a market-facing launch campaign, um, but now we're working with the customer success team specifically because change is scary. No one likes change. Um, and we want to provide them with the appropriate information just to have those conversations to, to make sure our existing customers feel good about the technology, they're ready to move over, they know it's not going to impact their business, and in case they happen to say, oh, yeah, but I saw this thing, we're going to be like, no, you're good. We got you. It's fine. Um, and it's really just about, at the end of the day, making sure everyone understands where we sit and where our technology sits and can communicate that appropriately. We'll be right back after a word from the Compete Network. The way the market looks today is not how it was yesterday. And spoiler alert, it'll be different tomorrow too. Hi, I'm Devin O'Rourke, founder and managing partner at Fluvio and the host of the Embracing Erosion podcast. On my show, we talk to product marketers, founders, investors, and go-to-market leaders to shine a light on what it takes to tackle difficult go-to-market challenges. How do you make decisions with speed and effectiveness? What makes for a great leader? And what are the most common go-to-market mistakes and how can you avoid them? Embracing erosion means embracing change, and you'll hear from some of the best in the business who know firsthand why embracing erosion is key to success. Join me, Devin O'Rourke, on the Embracing Erosion podcast, powered by the Compete Network. All right, back to the show. It's it's interesting, this side of, sort of, as businesses focus more on retention, I think it is really important as well for Compete teams to align with the business priority as well. And this side of, traditionally speaking, from a tool, support, enablement, I'll say it. CS sometimes are under the, like, they're they're not prioritized compared to the sellers, the net new business. And it does, it's going to be an interesting shift throughout the year if more and more businesses are focused on this retention and upsell, how compete teams do start to shift and focus on support. How that is a, maybe a little bit different. Like, what is a renewal... Uh, discussion look a competitive renewal look like compared to a competitive net new deal since you're not um there's less baseline education about your platform right i mean they're an existing customer so you don't have to go like hey here's you know we do this this and this but you want to make sure they're really keyed into what you've got coming on the roadmap what you've got planned right because um, typically you know for enterprise software you're trying to renew someone for two three four five years You've got to build confidence with them that what you have planned is innovative and will continue to bring them value um, 
And part of that is, you know, the history they've had with the product so far, but it's also just helping to educate them on where the state of technology is going, not just in your company, but in, again, competitors in, in the industry as a whole. Um, and making sure that they believe, you know, you're the partner they need to um, help grow their business as those changes happen. Because, I mean, stuff's changing fast. Real fast. PT, man. Like, there's all sorts of stuff out there, like, that didn't exist six months ago. And so uh, that takes a lot of, lot of research and a lot of communication. You mentioned uh, at, at the top of this conversation that compete isn't just a nice to have now like it's more important than ever um on that note how have you proven that out to your own leadership team how how have you internally proven the impact that we're not just a nice to have we're not this like nice fun addition like we are core and critical to our business's success to it's kind of comes back around what we were saying earlier but every deal is competitive right and our um our chief revenue officer knows that um uh we have a a new ceo that joined us a couple of months ago and it's really been heartening to see how much they have focused on the competitive program as a whole right so the CEO is trying to get up to speed, right, on the marketplace and the industry. So not only getting in the, the existing information, but spinning off a couple of, you know, um, side projects is is probably the wrong term for your seat. <laughs> Ancillary, extra, you know, he's like, I want to learn about this. Can y'all go look in? So we'll, so, you know, we peel off a couple of days and go, go bring back things for that. Um, really looking at... Um, well, as an example, so as we're rolling out new features um, and how we're integrated, um, I do oversee all of product marketing, um, which in, includes uh, pricing recommendations. But the first thing I do is go ask Frankie to please survey all of our, you know, competitors and help me figure out like where where pricing is sitting there. So it feeds into everything we're doing now. So that's. In, that's really interesting in terms of like the external factors as well are be, are kind of causing this from your CRO to your CEO to to care to care more than they maybe would have before. What about what your program's doing internally as well to prove out the impact from day one as well to today? Um, internally, as far as like yeah either metrics or things you're taking on to kind of get that traction again you mentioned off the top like building the dna within the company it 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 doesn't happen overnight and it requires it often requires a lot of like here's what we're doing here's the impact we're making here's the traction we're getting yeah so it's a lot of like as far as measurement goes i mean you know at the end of the day you want to tie your work to a dollar that you made um but while you're working on that yeah i think I have a background um, in influencer marketing back in the day. And so we would always look for um, engagement as a proxy for, you know, a hard revenue number at, while you're working on the revenue. So, um, you know, we look all the time at um, how many people are in Clue, you know, what are they reading, where are they reading it, um, looking to expand that. So if there's a department where maybe we're not seeing as much engagement, we'll just say, hey, did you know this was over here? And really becoming thought leaders in the company, um, not just around, again, competitors. I jokingly referenced ChatGPT, but um, 
everybody's talking about AI now. We had a we had a special Intel Digest two weeks ago just on the state of AI, and it wasn't like I think we did look at where some of our competitors were going, but we were also just like, hey, this is also really cool stuff, and here's this and this, and here's what some people are thinking because it's so new, and it was really just to get help to get our product team more educated, and then just share that around the rest of the company so we could figure out what we want to do with that going forward. That's cool. From an engagement standpoint, um, it, indicators in terms of like what stakeholders might want more, which ones are dropping off. Do you share engagement out to leadership at all to indicate like this is where there's appetite or this is what we're doing? Um, not. We need to we need to get more formal on that. But we we check into it, you know, monthly and quarterly. And then I um, I have those discussions with um, with my boss, our chief product officer. And uh, with Frankie as well, you mentioned like we're thinking about, we're looking at this competitive revenue gap. How are you, how do you kind of look at that as a compete team right now, this competitive revenue gap? And we let our sales team lead with that a little bit. I mean, because part of it's the deals that are coming in. Um, but as far as shrinking it, it's the, the main thing is um, getting into this. And we're seeing it happen. And I feel like, a, you know, I'm, kind of repeating myself, but getting into those conversations as early as possible. Um, eight, nine months ago, we would get kind of down to that down selected stage and it'd be like, Hey, we, now we, now we're, you know, it's us and this other person. But now, um, if we like enter an RFP and we can get someone on the customer side to tell us, and we kind of know, we see the same people in the room most of the time. Right. So you either get told who the competitors are or they're like they really care about this feature and this feature and we're like cool it's this company and this company <laughs> um so helping the sellers identify who those are by you know certain markers or certain features is helping a ton because that way they're able to come in with stronger depositioning from the from the get-go without necessarily having to hear a competitor name when you mentioned like weaving compete into the DNA of the company and what you mentioned there about your Intel Digest that was on the state of AI reminds me of an interesting point that Matt Coburn's made at one of our compete network roundtables was this isn't competitor Intel this is competitive Intel and that is like it's making you more competitive as opposed to intelligence yeah it's it's a it's a distinct shift because you can and granted you do need to focus on competitor one two and three but market also how are you going to be more competitive how are mavista's csms going to be more competitive to successfully achieve renewals this year lately so we um our product team we kind of follow a methodology set up there's a, a product marketing uh think tank institute it's called the pragmatic institute and they've just got a whole framework for right how you do product marketing one of the, they say it a lot, is one of the things they have in their very first course is um, to try to get away from inside out thinking as much as possible and move toward outside in thinking. Meaning we all think we know what our ideal customer is thinking because they think like us, right? Surely we know what we're doing. Um, but that creates sort of a very insular environment and then you're wrong because you need to get out there and actually talk to people. Or, you know, if your customers are working in a retail store, you should walk around with them and actually find out what their pain points are. Um, for me, competitive 
moves us more toward outside in thinking, right? Especially when you start looking at true marketplace trends and not just what, not just what your competitors are doing, like you said, but what do we need to make ourselves more competitive? And that's a whole lot of stuff. One thing I'm hearing as well, which is partly the work you're doing, but you're also in a very fortunate position to have that CRO and CEO buy. That's a lot of work that you and your team have done. It's also great that you have leaders that are thinking that way. For those listeners that may not have built that credibility yet or are struggling to sort of prove that value to their leaders, do you have any advice or tips on how do you go about communicating with leadership about what Compete brings to the table? I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, make-believe situation, but I think there are quite a, listeners, quite a few listeners, especially from the starting stage, that are like, okay, how do I even knock on that door? You know, I mean, we just did it by focusing on the fundamentals. You know, when, um, when Frankie came in. So when we started our program, I, I, I was it. <laughs> and then I, I was fortunate enough to be able to hire someone dedicated to it. And for the first like four, five, six months, like we, we built battle cards and, and extensive battle cards and refresh them. And then, and then, you know, once that's there, you can start pointing to it, right? Like your credibility is in the, is in the material you've collected and your knowledge. Like that's more than anything else. Like, um, you know, Frankie's a walking encyclopedia at this point uh, of, so, so having her in a meeting builds credibility. She doesn't have to go look at the platform to tell somebody what's going on now. And we, our challenge is to all now get as educated as she is because all the information is there. But once you become an expert on the competitive space, um, you, well, and I think I, I mentioned to you earlier, uh, um, well, and I said it in this, our new CEO has, you know, spun up a couple of special projects and she's doing them because she knows our space. And I think, um, as you're building up to w closing that competitive gap, it's proving that you know what you're talking about. And that just comes through a little bit of time. And um, and it's not like every department in the company was inviting us in. We, we, we did what everybody does. We started with the sales team because that's where you, you got to start. You got to win some deals, move toward being more tightly integrated the marketing team as, as just a more holistic go-to-market function between the three of us. Um, and and while we're in the product group, we actually didn't focus on them because, you know, make money first. Um, and now we're slowly, you know, um, as we're finding things, feeding them to them as far as new features and how things are, how we're seeing them designed in the marketplace and, and different types of engagement. My last question, tomorrow night. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. There may or may not be karaoke happening can you reveal or is this going to be a surprise can you reveal where you're leaning in terms of your go-to song right now or artist or genre always some kind of hip-hop um that way i don't have to worry about pitch um i will have to practice it's been a little while um i don't think it's on the list um like Nicki minaj super bass is always one of my go-tos so we'll see there, there's a lot of singing in that one too though so i might have to like find you could put your own creative space you know on that note, Brad, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, we're going to have a killer time here in Tully. Thanks, I appreciate it.